And I pray that you'll use these offerings and tithes and that uh, you'll help our church uh, to grow, that you'll help our missionaries that are out in the field be able to uh, provide them with those things that, that they need. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank you for uh, everything that, that you have have given us in life. Help us to appreciate it in this this new year. I pray these things in your name. Amen. Thanks, Tom. Well, if you guys have been here for the uh, past couple of weeks, you know that we've been talking about uh, characters in the nativity scene. And uh, maybe a little quiz here, just uh, um, this... This will just really help my self-esteem. Um, uh, so a couple of weeks ago, we said that there's a character that we could add to the nativity scene, and that character was Simeon. Simeon, yes! Self-esteem, just there we go, there we go. That's right, somebody was paying attention. And then last week, uh, last week you said maybe uh, we could, another character, but it's kind of a, it's kind of a trick character, kind of. Then what was the character last week? Anybody? Anybody? Okay, Herod. Herod, right? We said we could make a little character that was Herod, that would be uh, somebody uh, that was taking off their crown and putting it on baby Jesus. Maybe that could be Herod, right? But then at the end there, we kind of flipped that around and said, maybe that's you and me, right? But we play our, our... our crown, if you will, our will, our life, and uh, we set that down uh, to Jesus. Well, this morning there's another character uh, that we want to uh, look at, and uh, this is a character that uh, is very common. Uh, in fact, I don't think I've ever seen a nativity scene without this character in it. Uh, but before we go there, I want you to look at this picture right here. And anybody watch The Deadliest Catch? Anybody ever heard of this program on TV? You've seen, heard of The Deadliest Catch, right? And, uh, you know, there's these guys, they get on these little fishing boats, and they go up into the Arctic cold, and uh, they go fishing there. And uh, usually they're... Uh, uh, they're pretty mild-mannered guys, and, you know, they're pretty even-keeled, and they're kind of a little bit wimpy, you know. Uh, ha-ha-ha, okay, so you have seen the show. You know, these they're tough, burly guys, right, probably big calluses, and, uh, you know, they can kind of throw their own weight around, so to speak. And uh, here's the question. Uh, what kind of a guy, what kind of a guy might be able to hang out with and relate well to kind of the deadliest catch kind of guy? Here's another picture. Uh, maybe, maybe the kind of guy that would be able to hang out and relate to would be kind of a carpenter guy, right? Carpenter guy. Maybe he'd be calloused and, uh, you know, maybe he would have uh, uh, splinters in his hands and things like that. And, and uh, maybe, maybe a, a carpenter guy could relate to deadliest catch guy. And uh, so, uh, this morning, the uh, character that we want to look at is Joseph. Joseph. Um, you guys know the story of Joseph and Mary, right? You know that Joseph, he's usually in the nativity scene there. And, uh, and so what do we know about Joseph? What do we know about Joseph? Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 25 says this. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Can you imagine what it would have been like to be Joseph? 
And uh, what, would, what would that be like to find out uh, this girl that you had been dating, this girl that you were now engaged to, and you know for a fact, uh, it ain't my kid, that kid is not my kid, and she comes up to you and says, I'm pregnant, right? How would, how, men, how would you deal with that? How would you, uh, what would, what would go through your mind, right? And, uh, you know, it's like, oh, sweetie, that's so exciting, you know? <laughs> how would you, how would you respond to that information, right? And, uh, well, uh, how did, how in fact did Joseph reply to uh, that? And then we learn verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, he did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. And so most likely, uh, Joseph and Mary, uh, because of the time and the the cultural uh, events of the day, uh, most likely Joseph and Mary's marriage was an arranged marriage, right? And so probably Joseph's dad and Mary's dad were probably of a very similar uh, socioeconomic uh, portfolio, if you will. And uh, they decided, they met together and they talked. They said, "Uh, you know, we uh, we think your daughter would be great in our family. We think your son would be great in our family. And we would be able to merge our estates together. And then, you know, that we'd double the amount of cattle we have on the hill and all that kind of thing. And so they were probably, it was arranged marriage. And, um, and uh, then they find themselves in this situation where uh, the paperwork had been signed by the dads. And they were going to be married, but they weren't married yet. So they were engaged to one another. And then Mary comes up with this news, right? And so uh, Joseph does something very honorable. Uh, he says, I will divorce her quietly. Now, why did he need to divorce her in the first place? Well, if he was, in fact, a righteous man, an honorable guy, and he would have said, uh, okay, Mary, well, I'm going to marry you anyway, everybody would have just assumed, oh, well, it must have been his kid, right? And then everybody would have looked at them and said, ah, they weren't as righteous as we thought they were, right? Uh, We thought they were good kids, they're bad kids, you know? And that sort of thing would have been cast upon them. And Joseph would have nothing to do with that. He knew, not my child, that's not my character, not dragging my character down. I am a righteous guy and I want everybody to know that, so I will divorce her quietly. I'm gonna keep my integrity intact, right? Uh, The other thing was, divorce her quietly. According to the Old Testament law, book of Exodus, Uh, Joseph had every right because of the shame that Mary would have brought on his entire household and him and the shame that uh, Mary would have brought on her entire household. According to the law, it would have been right for Joseph to say, uh, you know, this kind of thing happened. And then the leaders, uh, the uh, Jewish leaders would have saw to it that Mary would have been stoned to death because she found herself in that situation. That was the penalty of the law that she would be stoned to death because she found herself in that that situation. But Joseph, being a righteous guy, says we're just going to uh, divorce her quietly. And all of this before the angel ever shows up and said, relax, Joe, relax, right? And so we read about it right here, verse 20. But after he had considered this, so he's already made up his mind, I'll divorce her quietly. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, uh, do not be afraid to take Mary uh, home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Uh, She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name, and you are to give him the name. The angel says, this is what you're going to do. You're going to give him the name Jesus, because he will save the people from their sins. 
All this took place to fulfill what the Lord said through the prophet. And then uh, Matthew, as he's going forward here, he is quoting from Isaiah, Old Testament, 700 years written, 700 years ago it was written, Isaiah chapter 7, verse 14, the virgin will give, um, will, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. So question, who's Joe? Who is Joseph? The main, you know, he's uh, one of these guys that's in the nativity scene there. And, uh, um, you know, he's kind of the unsung hero. And everybody talks about Mary. Everybody knows Jesus. Here's Joseph. Here's Joseph over here. Who is Joseph? Joseph is a righteous man. Joseph, who's Joseph? He is a righteous, a righteous man. Question, what do you think about? Uh, if somebody is, uh, they are, they're righteous. They're, they're, they're holy. They're fully dedicated and devoted unto God. What, what sort of images come to your mind as somebody, this man is, you know, it's probably a vow of silence, right? Probably a, 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 a vow of chastity, of celibacy. Um, uh, he's made a vow that no alcohol will touch his lips. You know, that, that kind of, those vows. What, uh, holy, pure, totally devoted and dedicated unto God. What, so a monk. In a, in a monastery that just kind of reads the scrolls all day long. You know, that's this holy guy. You know, maybe he just spends time in prayer. And, and what comes to your mind? Holy, holy, holy. Well, listen. According to Vine's Expository uh, Dictionary, uh, the word holy, or the, excuse me, the, the, the righteous is this. It means just. means right. Especially in the fulfillment of duties towards God and men. And of things that were according to what is right. And so what that means is that Joseph wanted to do what was good and what the Lord wanted him to do. That means that what is a right, what is a righteous man? If Joseph was a righteous man, what it means this. It means he wanted to follow the law of God. That's what that means. He wanted to follow the law of God. And that's who, that's who he was. Now listen, think about this. God needed a man to raise baby Jesus through his, you know, adolescent years and, and through those years, you know, the elementary type age years, needed a man. But listen, so he needed a, he needed a man that would raise Jesus in the world, but not to be of the world, right? A, a guy that would be in the world, but not adapt to the ways of the world. But he also needed a man that was going to raise a Jesus that would be the kind of guy that could relate to some fishermen, right? 
probably Jesus saw his dad relate. And so Joseph was probably this guy that had uh, his strong hands and calluses all over and probably wrestle a beam around and then maybe even split that beam and cut that and, and be able to, you know, kind of what they call that, put mortise and peg, what's that, build that way. And, and, uh, and, and he probably was a guy that could uh, kind of, uh, he was just a burly guy. He's probably the kind of guy that if they did this back in the day, then you kind of picture a guy like Joseph walking down the street and maybe being able to high five a fisherman. And that these two guys, and they're, they're calloused old hands and, and they're rough guys, they're slapping, you know, but they were devout to God. They were Jewish men that wanted to obey the law. And so God needed a guy that, uh, so I just pictured Joseph as being a sort of a man's man that could relate well to these fishermen. And Jesus grew up watching his dad be a man's man that could relate to these guys, but was righteous and pure and holy and devout unto God. That, I believe, is who Joseph was. And so what makes a man like that? What, what makes a man uh, want to be holy and right unto God, but then very relatable to some worldly people, right? Well, here we go. Uh, I think there were three things that Joseph did uh, that made him righteous, and I think those things come from a verse in the Old Testament uh, which is the Bible, uh, if you will, that uh, that Joseph would have had, the Old Testament law. Um, in the book of Micah, chapter 6, verse 8, it says this. He has shown you, O man, what is good. And so God has shown you what is good. Okay, not bad, but what is good. He's shown you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? What does God require of you? So it's good, and this is what he requires of you, and that is to do what? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. I think that's who Joseph was. So, write this down. To act justly. What's it mean to act justly? What does it mean to act justly? Well, the Hebrew word is a legal term. It's a legal term. And, and uh, it, to, be, to be just, to act justly, to be justified would be like this. And so uh, let's say you got arrested again. Okay, and uh, and you were put on trial, right? And uh, and there was a uh, you were uh, a trial, and, and there was a jury of your peers, and um, and uh, they bring all the evidence in, and uh, you were found not guilty. And uh, the judge looks down at you, and he says, uh, "Not only are you not guilty of breaking the law, but you have been found innocent." Uh, you have been found innocent. In fact, we know that you adhered to the law. You obeyed the law. You did what the law has told you to do. And so when the, ju- the judge is looking down at you and he's declaring, you did what you were supposed to do. You were put on trial, but you did what you were supposed to do. That is sort of the legal terminology from the Hebrew word of justly. You were just. You did what was right. You did what was right. And that's, that's what Joseph did. Joseph was a guy who always wanted to do, we, there's evidence of that. 
Joseph did that. And remember um, that uh, on the eighth day, uh, Joseph took uh, 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 baby Jesus to be circumcised. That was according to uh, the Old Testament law, Genesis chapter 17. He was being obedient there. And then um, uh, the angel shows up. The angel says, give him the name Jesus. And so he names him Jesus. He's being obedient there. We talked about this when we talked about Simeon in the book of Luke chapter 2. And it says, uh, when the time of the purification according to the law of Moses came, that was from Exodus chapter 13 uh, had been completed. Uh, Joseph and Mary took him uh, to Jerusalem to uh, present him to the Lord. We talked about that. And so we see uh, evidence that Joseph did what the law wanted him to do. He did those things that he wanted him to do. He was obedient to the law. He was obedient to the law. Joseph was. And so to act justly is to be obedient to the law. Uh, for, for you and I, uh, the law means be obedient to scripture, means be obedient to the Bible. So to act justly would be being obedient to the Bible. Then the question becomes, do you act justly? Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says, tithe. The Bible says, look at your income, size it up, give 10%. That that was the Old Testament law. New Testament would say tithe is is good, and giving beyond a tithe is better. The Bible says, stop using coarse language. Control your tongue. Stop cussing. The Bible says, control your anger. The Bible says, don't look at someone of the opposite sex. Lust. Fully. Don't don't do that. The Bible says don't even date somebody if they are not a believer, Jesus. The Bible says be in church. Old Testament law, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Be in church all the time. Be, be in church. The Bible says read your Bible, learn your Bible. The Bible says spend time in prayer. Those are the laws of being a Christian, if you will. Those are the laws. And so to act justly is to adhere to and obey and do what the law says. That's what the, and so to act justly means to do what the Bible says to do. Do we do that? You know, Jesus was asked, Jesus was asked, Jesus, what is the greatest commandment in all of the scripture? And then Jesus, he just lists all those things out and he points at him and says, you're not doing that, are you, right? Remember when Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment in all the scripture? And he says this, he says, well, number one, love God. With everything you are, love my dad, my father, love God. And then, Love your neighbor as yourself. So what does all of the law, what's the sum of all of the law? Love God. Love your neighbor. And then how do you show God that you love him? Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I need to, I need to pay attention to my finances. And God's good. And the work of the church is good. I want to make sure that I'm doing what God wants me to do. Now, my language or my thoughts or 
man, God's good, and I love God. I want, to be, I want other people to know that I love God. And so, I'm, God, I want to show you that I love you. And so I want to bring those things under control. I want to be the man you want me to be. Because I love you. And Joseph was a guy that acted justly. He was just. Here's the truth. We're all going to meet God and be with him and be with Jesus. God's not going to be there with a checklist. Did you do this? Did you do that or not? He's going to look at us. He's either going to know us because we love him. He's going to, right? A stranger or a friend. Loving relationship or I never met you. So to act justly is, is to love God. To love God. Which is why we also want to have mercy. So to act justly and to love mercy. To love mercy. Mercy, mercy is this crazy word. Um, and I learned this from my Bible college professor. Um, it's the word it's a, it's a Hebrew word, and the way that you would pronounce it in Hebrew is, it's it's chesed, chesed, is the is the uh, the Hebrew word for mercy, chesed, chesed. Okay, um, and what what that means, what that looks like, and the, the definition of that word would be this: um, picture somebody icky that you know you don't like, and and hopefully that's not me. Um, and so uh, picture somebody that's icky and you don't like, and, and they kind of reach down inside of their heart, and they get some goopy, icky, yucky, globby stuff out of their heart, and they just kind of wad that up into a ball, and they, they just huck that at you. Boom. Now, and now you've got some, you've caught some of their icky, goopy, yucky, yuck, and, and it's just on you, and it's in you, and it's like, the act of chesed, the act of mercy, is that you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, begin to absorb all of that goopy, icky, yucky stuff. And then you reach down into your heart and you pull out something that is lovely, that smells good, and it's beautiful, and it feels good. And you throw it right back at them, and it hits them. Boom. That's mercy. That's chesed. To, to love mercy. Um, John chapter 8. Remember the, remember the woman caught in adultery? Uh, they catch the woman in adultery, and they bring her before, and they lay her down at Jesus' feet. And they say, she deserves to be stoned, right? Because of this deal, right? And that, that same thing. Remember Mary? Mary was in the same deal, you know? She's in that same deal. She deserved to be stoned for the situation, right? And so here's this lady caught in adultery, and they throw her down at Jesus' feet. And, uh, and who had she sinned against? Who did she sin? She hadn't sinned against anybody in the audience, that, right? The, the people that brought her there and threw her down. She didn't sin against any of them. The only person that she had sinned against, though, is the one who said, don't act that way, and that would have been the law of God, and here she is standing in front of God incarnate, Jesus Christ, and so standing there in front of the one that she had sort of um, had, had, had sinned against, standing there in front, and then what does Jesus do in that situation? 
He says, first of all, yep, okay, we can stone her, but the person that hasn't sinned, you throw the first stone, and then they all go away. We know that story. And then Jesus looks at her after she had, and he says, go and leave your life of sin. Mercy, mercy, mercy. To act justly, be obedient to loving God, to love mercy. Do people think of you and do they think of this church as a place that loves mercy? I want, I wish more people knew that the church is supposed to be a place that loves mercy, right? The, the world, man, it, tell me that the, the world is in this giant, the, America's in this giant snowball fight, but it's all these dark, gooey, globby things that they're flinging around all over the place, right? I think that's a pretty accurate picture of what's going on. And the church and we... Exemplify mercy. I want to be like that. Like Joseph. To act justly, to love mercy, and then to walk humbly with God. To walk humbly with God. Um, the, uh, the word for humbly, uh, the definition of it is kind of this thing. It's to be modest. What it really means is to say no to promotion. Say no to promotion. Not necessarily a, you did good at work and so we want to promote you because we need people of your leadership or your ability or whatever. But um, the idea of someone else building you up and being promoted. You know, you, you think maybe first of a, a celebrity, you know, uh, can I have your autograph? You know, you're the greatest. I, you know, I want to be like you. You know, I want to be like Mike, right? Um, I want to be like you. I want to, and, and, and then this idea of being humble would be of just kind of, uh, saying no to promotion, saying no to promotion. Uh, you're so awesome. You're so good. Um, you know, thank you, but uh, really God is good. God is good. And so I'm, I'm going to resist the, the idea to be built up by others. I'm going to say no to that because I want to give all of the credit uh, to God. I want to give all of the credit to God. And, you know, Tim Tebow, right? And, and you see this example from time to time and saying no to promotion. Others building you up and you saying no and giving that to God. And there's no evidence in Scripture anywhere that Joseph ever tried to capitalize on his relationship uh, to Jesus, right? You know, wow, your son does a lot of things. Well, you know, that's my boy, right? You know, you, you, uh, you, don't, see, you don't see Joseph doing anything. Like, you know, there's no evidence of that, but all of that would pale in comparison anyway to, to Jesus, right? I mean... Jesus is living in heaven with God. And he leaves that place to come to this place, earth. I mean, on earth. And, you know, how many of us, uh, you know, in our mind, we believe, we say, when we die, we get to go to heaven, and heaven's going to be better than earth. Well, Jesus did just the opposite. He said no to promotion. He came down uh, to earth. And he didn't come down to earth to to be a king or a ruler, right? He, I mean, yes, but no, he came to be a man, to be a servant, 
to die on a cross. And he walked humbly. He was obedient to God, even to death. Obedient to God. And so, where do we find ourselves as we go through life? To act justly means, God, thank you. Jesus, I love you so much. I want to live the way that you want me to live. And I want to have mercy. I want to, when people and hard things come my way and hard people come my way, I just want to love them the way I've been loved by God. And if anybody were to ever say, wow, you really act like a Christian, you wouldn't feel good about that for you, but you would say, isn't God good? Because I'm, all I'm doing is doing what he wants me to do. He's my father, and I want to be the obedient child and be with him. So, um, next Saturday is a new year. Maybe next year we can all be better at acting justly, loving mercy, walking humbly with our Lord. That's my encouragement to you. I look around the room. I think I know most of you guys and where you are and your walk. And so my challenge to you is, will you help me be better. I want to try to help you to be better that we would all love Jesus more. Let's pray. Father, thank you for uh, just, you're so cool. You're so kind. So patient. Father, help us to draw close to you. Thank you for the gift of allowing us to know you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Jesus, asleep on the head.